So, uh, how's everyone doing? Good. Good. Now tell me the truth. Are you enjoying the AD series? That's a question I had. Hasn't it been great? Yeah, have been some good teaching, some learning some, some good things and kind of piecing things together that maybe we often wondered about. And uh, it's, it's really been a, a revelation in and of itself. If you have your Bible this morning, uh, I'm just going to invite you to turn to the uh, eighth chapter of the book of Exodus, and Exodus is the second book of the Bible, so just uh, start at the front and work your way through. You'll soon be there. Exodus 8, and uh, we're going to be looking at a few, a few of the verses in that great story. So I've come to the conclusion that at one time or another, Uh, We've all had them. Uh, Some of us have had them uh, more often. And some of us have had more of them than others. Some of us have experienced them in a worse way than someone else. And many or most of you listening to me right now have no idea what I'm talking about, even though you might very well be infected with them. And the bad thing about them is they are contagious. Now, I'm not talking about the mumps, nor am I talking about the measles. Far worse than that. Far worse than that. I'm talking about frogs. Jesus said to those who were about to stone a woman caught in adultery, he said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Just as easily, Jesus could have said, let him that is without frogs cast the first stone. Matter of fact, wait, I hear them. I hear them. You hear them? Ribbit? Let's not hear them. Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. You hear them? You hear them? Yeah. Some of them can't hear them. For 440 years, think of this. The people of Israel were in bondage. Let me add to that sentence. Much of it by their own choice. But for 440 years, God protected them. So now we open to Exodus chapter 8, and God has determined to bring his people out of Egypt. No longer will they be under the Egyptian bondage, as far as God is concerned. But Pharaoh, who was a very tough disciplinarian and a very, very tough leader and a very, very tough dictator, he is determined to keep the Israelites in Egypt and for them to continue to be his slaves. So we start to read this morning in Exodus chapter 8, and we're going to take off from verse 1. And then the Lord said to Moses... Go to Pharaoh and tell him 
God's message or tell him that I have sent a message or say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go. Over and over and over, he says this to Pharaoh, so that they may worship me. And then we keep reading on to verse 2, verse 3, verse 4. If you refuse to let them go, uh, I will send a plague of frogs. I want you just to notice something here if you've been reading Exodus lately, that this plague of frogs is is going to follow the plague of blood where the Nile River completely turned into blood and everything around it or everything that was dependent on it, everything that flowed from it or into it, turned to blood, and that must have been kind of an awful situation. Now, a plague of frogs. So the Nile River is going to empty of its, of its contents, and the frogs are going to come on the land. Now, if you refuse to let them go, I'll send a plague of frogs, okay, on your, on your whole country. And, and I want to emphasize, and I'm taking it slow, This is a plague of frogs on the whole country, meaning every single place, every single part of it, every little individual piece of that country. Moving on. The Nile will teem with frogs. They'll come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed and into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens, that'd be nice, and your kneading troughs. So you go to bake some bread or make a pizza and you reach in and scoop out some flour and you've got a scoop full of frogs. The frogs will come up on you and your people and your officials. I like those words. Moving on. Moving on. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand, with your staff over the streams and the canals and the ponds and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Sometimes, you know, some of these miracles, wouldn't it be neat if you had that, if you just still had those kind of miracle powers? So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and what'd they do? Covered the land. Moving on. Now, this is, this is a story that may not be real familiar to everybody. The first step to getting rid of frogs in your life is to admit you've got them. Let me, let me give you some background. Let me say that God has determined to bring his people out of Egyptian bondage. Make sure you understand that. Pharaoh's rebellion opens the door to a plague. Here we have the second of ten plagues. Pharaoh's a very strong dictator. He's been a powerful ruler. He's been over the land of Egypt for a long time. But some things he's a little slow to catch up on. So here's the situation in two words. Frogs everywhere. Everywhere. In the kitchen, in the bathroom, in the living room, in the bedroom, even in the bedsheets. Now, for discussion, 
We're going to use this analogy that frogs represent anything in your life that is contrary to God's word and contrary to God's will. And what God's plan is for your life. Many of you who might be listening right now have frogs in your life. Many of us have had or maybe do have frogs in our lives. You say, what would that be? That would be anything that you know is out of order and shouldn't be there and is not helping you, but at best is hindering you. There are all kinds of frogs. There are big frogs. There are little frogs. There are fat frogs. There are skinny frogs. There are frogs of habits. There are frogs of deceit. There are frogs of addictions. There are frogs of uncleanness. There are frogs of lust. Frogs of greed. Frogs of pride. Frogs of sickness. Frogs of, of disease. Frogs of poverty. Frogs of lack. On and on and on we could go. There are frogs that people can see and smell and hear. And then there are frogs that people can't see. Those are the frogs that are in the heart. Those are the frogs that are in the mind. Those are the frogs that are, are, are inside what, we, what people see. Other people may not be able to see them, but here's the fact. You and I both know that they are there. Now, one thing's for sure. Pharaoh and all of his servants, because the word of the Lord was all of your officials, they knew they had a frog problem. They knew Egypt had a frog issue. And as I said a moment ago, getting to the solution of this, that the first step in getting rid of the frogs in your life is to admit you've got them. Now, I would, have said, I would assume that it would be pretty difficult for them not to admit when this whole country was basically taken over by frogs. But the bad thing about frogs is they grow. That's right. Little, tiny frogs become big frogs. Uh, the little stinkers become the big stinkers. And they multiply. And any time you give place and make room for one frog in your life, you have just given an invitation to the whole frog population. You've invited them all in. I mean, you can't just have one let's call it pet frog, off in the corner of your life that you feed and protect and take care of and keep hidden and that not affect the rest of your life. Matter of fact, it's not just going to affect the rest of your life, it's going to seriously alter every other part of your life. Now clearly Pharaoh recognized he had a frog problem and he recognized that this problem was getting worse every day and getting worse, and getting worse, and getting worse. And nothing he or they did was helping. In fact, anything they tried was making matters worse. So I want to then suggest that the next thing, or the next step that needed to be taken to get rid of the frogs was to recognize they couldn't fix the problem. And as hard as they tried, and as, as, as difficult as it was, they always came up short. And they were only making matters worse. I want to pick up the reading in chapter 8, if I may, at verse 7. 
But the magicians did the same things by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So he had some special working people there who had some uh, extra special powers. And whatever God did through Moses and Aaron, you know, they thought they could replicate it. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I'll let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Another empty platitude from from Pharaoh, another promise about to be broken, but they thought, okay, if this is what he wants and he really wants to take care of the problem, uh, we'll, we'll help him do that. Now, all the people had reached the place where they probably now were hating the frogs. And and I want you to know this. God will not deliver you from something that you love or something that you are willing to tolerate. And if you're note-taking, that's certainly the number one thing you want to have in your note. God will not deliver you from something that you love or something that you are willing to tolerate. Yes, I know it's in my life, but I kind of like it. And I don't care whether it's, I don't care what it is. Anything from self-pity to depression to lust to, to jealousy to pride to unforgiveness, doesn't matter what it is. How can you be delivered from something that you know is wrong you know God is not pleased with, and you shouldn't even have it in your life, but you kind of like it. You enjoy it. Your flesh enjoys it. And you say, I know it's wrong, and I know I shouldn't have it in my life, but I kind of love it. Or you say, how can I be delivered from the frogs in my life when, if I'm honest about it, I really like them. I've gotten used to them. And I've kind of taken to them. So here's the answer to that question. The answer is, you have got to come to a place where you agree with God. God's already laid out his word. God's already laid out his will for your life. God's already made it plain where we should be, what we should be doing, how we should be doing it, with whom we should do it. I think we had a wonderful message on that very theme last week, and I thank God for that message. You have to choose, my friend. You have to choose to operate out of your heart and your spirit and not just your flesh. Your flesh may lust after this thing. It may desire it. But you need to say, in my heart, I choose to hate it because God hates it. When I choose to hate it in my heart, in my spirit, then the power of God begins to move through my spirit and empowers me to put to death the appetites and the works of the flesh. There are many Christians, many Christians, including myself, that if they were allowed, or if I allow my flesh to have complete control in that area, would do things that are ungodly. That would not be pleasing to the Father. Not good for me physically. Not good for me spiritually. Not good for my witness. That's why I have to live out of my spirit, out of my heart, and not continually out of my flesh. Because Paul said this. He said, in my flesh, 
dwelleth no good thing. Romans 7.18. Or in my sinful nature, Paul's saying, there's nothing of which to be proud. In my sinful nature, nothing good's going to come out of that. If I live and feed that and just, just operate in that sphere, nothing good is ever going to come. So now what's happening in Egypt? Well, I think by now, if we've read eight verses, they're starting to recognize that they need God's help. And, and I want to say to you that AA and anger management and marriage counseling and the patch and Nicorettes and rehab, etc., 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 I want to stand here today and tell you, I'm not against any of these things. They're all in their, in their place, well and good. I also want to stand here and tell you, they cannot deliver you. The doctor, the financial counsel, uh, consultant, the marriage counselor, the attorneys, they all play their part. But first and foremost, above all, you need God. God is in the business of deliverance. God's way will not always be what conventional wisdom would dictate. You used to use that term a lot, but in today's world, it's not used much. Because there really is no conventional wisdom anymore. There's not much convention and there's hardly any wisdom. If you or I were to deliver the people of God we'd probably start by attacking the oppressor or we'd go into the streets and riot against the whole regime. But God doesn't often follow the rules of conventional wisdom. I wonder in your life, have you noticed that? Have you noticed that there are certain things that you would do in a certain situation and that would solve all the problem of that situation and yet God intervenes, he steps in, he does something and it's totally different than anything that ever entered your mind. God, thank God, is not dependent on conventional wisdom. Well, now the frogs are what we call double deep because God has sent the plague, the magicians are trying to do their thing, and another set of frogs has entered the scene here, and these people are knee-deep in frogs, no exaggeration. And the Egyptians can't and won't do anything. And, and by the way, they can't really do a whole lot themselves about getting rid of these things because, and this is an off-missed point of this chapter, frogs were worshipped by many of the Egyptians. They were sacred to many of them, and they actually worshipped them. So the problem is these pesky amphibians are multiplying, and nobody can stop it. So then you go to verse 9. And you read verses 9, 10, and 11. Moses said to Pharaoh, Then I'm going to leave to you the honor of setting the time. You've already asked me to beseech God and speak on your behalf and see if we can't do something about this plague. So, Pharaoh, I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to leave it up to you to set the time for me to pray for you and for your officials and for your people and, that, and for your house and all your houses that they may be rid of the frogs except for those, of course, that remain in the Nile. And Pharaoh said, what did he say? What did he say? And Pharaoh said, 
Pharaoh said, I want to hear you. Pharaoh said, I've been in and around the Bible for a few years, and there's some things I still don't fully understand. But that one word in this one chapter, I've never been able to explain. So, I'm going to speak to God on your behalf. And you just let me know when you want all this stuff to stop and the frogs to go. And Pharaoh turned to Moses and said what? I'm still struggling with that. Just forgive me. Tomorrow... Moses replied, it'll be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials and your people, and they'll remain only in the Nile. Well, if you were plagued by frogs... I don't know, maybe I'm not, maybe I I could be missing something here. If you were surrounded by slime, hmm? if you were harassed by the hopping, now just imagine the sound that those millions and millions and millions and millions of frogs would make in the land. And you had the option of deciding when all of that was going to stop What do you think you'd say to Moses? Now! Today! Immediately! This very moment! Matter of fact, five minutes ago. But hey, one good thing about procrastination is that you always have something planned for tomorrow. I know you laugh. And it does sound funny. Let's be 100% honest. One of the biggest conflicts that a person has within himself or herself is procrastination. And procrastination simply means, it's a big word, but it simply means to put off intentionally or habitually the doing of something that should be done. Procrastination literally is a thief of time. The dictionary says time is a period during which a process or condition exists. A process is something that is marked by gradual change that leads to a particular result. So when we think of time, we understand that it is a period within our life that there is a process going on which is leading to a particular result. However, Procrastination robs you of time, which means for that period in your life, there should be progress due to the very process. There's nothing going on. And the rut you're stuck in, you're still stuck in. And the wheels that are turning are still turning. And you are still making zero headway. Furthermore, 
because of procrastination, people have missed out on an abundance of things. That if they would have stopped procrastinating, then things would have worked out differently. How many times, how many times have I heard someone say, oh, if only I would have done this, or if only I would have done that. But I kept putting it off, and I kept putting it off, and I missed it. I missed my chance. I missed out totally. If only I would have done this yesterday, or a month ago, or a year ago, I could have had it by now. But because of procrastination, they totally missed out. Now, here's my question. Why? In the name of all that's sacred, would Pharaoh choose to spend another night with the frogs? Oh, I have another question. How dumb can you be? And I, for one, love picking on Pharaoh. So it's sport. It's great. Here's his opportunity to get rid of the thing, the one thing that has been troubling him now for quite a while. And that thing has been keeping him awake at night, no doubt. And that thing has caused him not even to be able to eat. Who would want to? And that thing that is literally sapping every bit of strength from his body and stealing his joy and his people's joy, stealing their peace and quiet, causing them to literally lose their ever-loving minds. (laughs) And he has the opportunity to get rid of it right then and there. And he said, we are going to get rid of them tomorrow. tomorrow. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cool your jets. Before you rush the judgment on old Pharaoh, before we decide to put him away in a mental institute, or before we call 911 to have him taken away in a straitjacket, whoa, 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 brakes, put the brakes on. Let's take a look at the frogs in our own lives. Come on. And I want to ask you, And I want you to answer this internally because that's where they reside. When do you want the frogs in your life to go? How many times have you said to God, yeah, I agree, tomorrow. And and, and you know the frogs. The frogs of troubles, the frogs of disappointment, frogs of discouragement, the frogs of anxiety, the frogs of sorrow, frogs of sickness, frogs of grief, frogs of loneliness, the frogs of discontentment. All these things that we just can't let go of or give up on that plague us morning, noon, and night. Might just be the frog of self-image. Some of you really struggle with that, I know. Many people are holding on to those things when the Bible, if I could quote it and be that brave, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says this, Cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. 
Can I tell you, friend, God cares more about you than you care about you. God knows how to handle and provide for your need before you ever recognize you have a need. God, God knows exactly how to solve your problem or problems even though you have not yet identified your problem. And so Peter says, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. That's got to be one of the most comforting verses in all the Bible. But I wonder how often we apply it to our lives. You see, we can take that verse on the one side, or in juxtaposition to that verse, we have Exodus 8.10, where Moses said, we'll just leave it up to you to decide when we're going to call off this frog plan. And Pharaoh says, oh, good, let's do it tomorrow. I'd love to see a picture of that. I'd like to see a depiction of Pharaoh standing there with frogs up to his ankles or maybe his knees and saying, yeah, we've got to look after this problem for sure. And we'll do it tomorrow. I have the greatest news you have ever heard. Whatever it is in your life, wherever it's residing, however it's plaguing you, however it's stopped and whenever or whatever your spiritual growth You do not have to wait till any tomorrow. You can be free of your frogs right now. Woo! I just heard a frog jump. Oh. You see what? See what? That doesn't excite most congregations today. You know why? They're so used to living with their frogs, they they can't even take this message in. I'm so caught up in myself. I am so caught up in my agenda. I am so caught up in what I'm doing. And by the way, Bob, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with that. Mm, Yeah, yeah, sure you are. On the outside, bloody turmoil on the inside, but, but you're pretty comfortable. Yeah, good. I just want to tell you one more time. That frog that you're not identifying or those frogs that you're not admitting to having, you can be free of them right now. We don't need to make any more excuses. We don't need to put it off till Monday morning. We don't need to put it off till next fall or next summer or the year after that. You you can today say, God, I'm ready, and God is ready to meet you at your point of need and remove the frogs from your life. He's saying, just like Moses said to Pharaoh, you set the time and I'll do it and I'll do it now but it's up to you isn't that interesting that God gave Pharaoh the choice yes it's interesting and it's even more interesting that he's given you and I the choice as well Pharaoh calls for Moses let's go back over this He asked Moses to pray. This is not a praying man. This is not a spiritual leader. And he asked them to pray for their deliverance. And I think Moses was doing a little happy dance right then, don't you? I think he was saying, glory over me, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord. You have finally come to your senses. And then now, when, when, sir, when, uh, your excellency, when, when, when would you like me to pray that prayer? 
And Pharaoh just speaks that one demon-inspired word that has doomed multitudes. Listen, it has doomed multitudes of people to an eternity of loss and suffering even. And he dared to utter that one word. Tomorrow. 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 Every time, and it's not new to me, every time I read this passage of Scripture, when I get to that verse, I go back down through the preceding verse and say, I think I missed something. This can't be happening, even though I know how the story goes. I still can't get it through my head that he used that one word. Basically, he's saying, just give me one more night with the frogs. Just give me one more happy time. Just give me one more fling. Just let the good times roll for another 24 hours. Just let me hang in there. I think I can do it. I wonder if you're sitting here today saying, I I, want to get rid of this frog or that frog. I do, I do, I do. Uh, But not today. That would upset my plan for the rest of the day or the rest of the week or maybe even my summer. So what I'd like to do is just kind of coddle my sin and I want to indulge my flesh and I want to satisfy my lust. But but I just want to do it one more time. Well, God's not going to deliver you from something that you love and continue to tolerate. It's not how he operates. Oh, I want to get my life right with God. I mean, I've just decided that. I never told you that, Bob, but I I do. Uh, uh, Sometime. Yeah, I want to get off these drugs. Uh, Tomorrow. I want to get out of this adulterous affair. Tomorrow. I want to swallow this pride problem. Tomorrow. I want to say no to the booze. Uh, Tomorrow. I want to get rid of this lust and this perversion tomorrow. No, really, really, I want to be free of this anger and this resentment and this hatred and this unforgiving spirit, but I want to do it tomorrow. Tomorrow? How many multiples of thousands of people have said tomorrow for whom tomorrow never came. The psalmist said this in Psalm 27.1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, there's the word again, for you know not what a day may bring forth. We assume and we presume on the mercy and goodness of God, that we're all going to have a tomorrow. The oldest of us here and the youngest of us here and everybody in between. I hear people every day of my life say, yeah, I'm going to go such and such place next week. And they never add God willing. They never say diem volante. They just say, I'm going. Good. Hope you make it. Yeah. Here's where I'm going today for lunch. Really? God wills it, you will. Here's what I'm planning for the summer. I'm taking a vacation. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Oh, good. 
And yet the psalmist very clearly says to us, don't be bragging about tomorrow because the only thing you have is a day and that's today. And that's why they call today the present because it's a gift of God to you. In the 12th chapter of Luke, there's a story told and a very poignant story here of the rich young ruler. This young man thought he had it made, and if you looked at his credentials, you would think he had it made too. And here's what he said to himself. Man, I've got money. I've got power. I've got prestige. I can party all I want. I can have whatever I want. He said, I'm going to say to my soul, take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Yeah, you didn't know that came from the Bible, did you? Luke chapter 12. Why? For thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Man, not only am I going to have a party tonight, he said, but I got money in the bank. But God had a name for him. God said, you fool. Gulp. Why? For God said this night, tonight, your soul shall be required, be required of you. Tonight, you're going to stand before the eternal and almighty God to give account of your soul. Those are pretty uh, sobering words. You and I don't have the promise of tomorrow. We have now. We have this heartbeat. So many people I watch, and it's so sad, it brings me to tears, who are wasting valuable and wonderful and productive years of their lives, all caught in this web, this spinning web of deceit, mostly deceiving themselves. And it's such a, it's such a heartbreak. Listen, all we have, let's not waste any of them, is this heartbeat, this breath. You know what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 2? He said, behold, now is the accepted time, and behold, now or today is your day of salvation. Whether that means the day for you to come to God through faith in Christ, or whether that means this is a day of deliverance for you, or whether that means this is the day the frogs die, whatever that means, it has implication and application for every single person. Did you notice when Moses prayed, God killed the frogs? It was an amazing thing. It just If you read that piece in the Bible, it just says, and Moses prayed to the Lord, blah, 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 and then boom. And the, dog, the frogs started dying. That means what you are wrestling with, and maybe what you've struggled with for a long time, might even be years. I don't know. I don't know the situation. But I can tell you this. God can look after it for you in one minute. Just one minute. Just boom. It's over. And I don't, it doesn't matter how bad it is. Because God will break the power that this has over your life. See, the problem is we've come to God with our, with our problems and with our frogs. And about all we've done is brought a grocery list. Or a laundry list. 
and we say, God, this is what's in my life. This is how long it's happened. This is whose fault it is. This is how it happened, blah, blah, blah. Well, God already knows all that. He doesn't need a history lesson. Matter of fact, he knew about it before it, it, it got into your life. But have you ever come to him and left the history behind and just said, God, you know what's in that and you know what's ha- what has power over me and I'm claiming the power of the Holy Spirit right now and the blood of Christ to deliver me from the controlling power of this frog in my life. And when you do, your life will start changing and that power will be broken. See, tomorrow may never come. But deliverance does. See, I can't promise you tomorrow, but I can promise you the deliverance of God if you'll act on his word. You say, well, there's still temptation there, though. I've totally committed this to God. I have felt that he, that he has taken control of it, and now I have the power within me to control the temptation. But the temptation, Bob, is still there. And I'm not saying it won't be there from time to time, or it won't come back, or it won't kind of flood over you just when you're least expecting it. But it's, is it a controlling power over your life? That's what you want to be broken so that when that comes or when you feel that, that temptation or when you sense you're in a wrong situation or once you, say, once you see that you're heading down a wrong path and you know you shouldn't be, you now can summon the power of God and say, I need this control broken and I need your freedom and you just claim it, and you will have it. Does anybody feel a frog killing coming on? That's exactly what we need. No, it's time to put your foot down. It's time to say, it's over. Not for me, not one more night with those frogs. Mm-mm. I do not. Christian, claim this, claim it right now. You do not have to put up with the devil's mess in your life. You don't have to put up with that one more day. You say, well, a lot of it's of my own making. Some of it's my own choices. Some of it's just a product of environment. Yeah, I've heard that one. Listen, I don't care what it's a product of, where it came from, or who brought it to you, or if you manufactured it yourself. Let me tell you something. There is power to be delivered from whatever it is that's holding you down this morning. And until you claim that power, and until you experience that control, you're going to have one more night with the frogs, and then one more night with the frogs, and then one more night with the frogs. You just need to say, no, I don't, and no, I won't. And God, oh, how I need Even Pharaoh knew that nothing was going to happen until God intervened. Now, who are we to think we can handle our own affairs? Pharaoh said, get the preacher and get him in here quickly. Said it ten times, by the way. I also want you to notice the progression of Pharaoh's heart in case you think you can get away with just saying it over and over and over and then it'll change for a little while and then you go back. If you read those ten plagues and read them in order religiously, after the first nine plagues, said, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And you know what happened after the tenth plague? It says, and God hardened 
Pharaoh's heart. Nobody's hopeless. Nobody's hopeless until they get to that point. There is a line that's drawn. The book of Genesis makes that very clear. So you can't play with this stuff. You're playing with fire. But immediately when Moses prayed, verse 13, the frogs started dying. So here's my prayer this morning, and I want to have prayer with you because I think we need to, we need to get rid of this plague. I pray that somebody here this morning, some buddies, I think more than one of us, will get a revelation that you have in the person of Jesus Christ, you have power over the devil. You have it. It's a possession of yours. And over every stinky frog that wants to jump into your life, And you don't have to put up with it anymore. Oh, I know it's a dirty habit, Pastor, but it's just a habit. That's what I'm talking about, habits. Things that control you. Habits are like a good bed. They're easy to get into and hard to get out of. Just, it, it, it won't hurt anything. Good. Now I want to conclude the reading, taking it from verse 12 down to verse 15, if I may. After Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs that he had brought on Pharaoh. And the Lord did what Moses asked. Don't you love that? This is a praying man. This is a guy who gets through. Moses and Aaron beseeched the Lord, and the next sentence said, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The frogs died in the houses. See, very next sentence. In the courtyards, in the fields. They were piled into heaps. Here's a pretty scene here. And the land reeked of them. Multiplied millions of dead amphibians. (laughs) Everywhere. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, He hardened his heart and wouldn't listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had said. He was a hard ticket, that guy. And that's the plague of frogs. Oh, no, it isn't. There's there's something. Wait, the story's not over. Because you've got to hear this. You've got to make this application. See, when the frogs died, they were still in the houses. They were still in the courtyards. They were still in the beds. They were still in the kneading troughs. And they had to carry them out and clean up the whole country. When God kills something in your life, are you hearing me? It is time for you to take out the trash. Get it out. Remove it totally and do not play with it and test it and poke it to see if it's really dead. Just get rid of it. 
Many people have I known who've been gloriously delivered from the power of the devil and the control of Satan over their lives, set free by the power of God. Nothing, nothing like it. And then they foolishly have played around with that frog and tested and poked and prodded until you know what happened? That thing reasserted itself and revived and they ended up bound again, more bound than they ever were. Just a thoughtful warning. Just a word of caution, friend. This is not, this is not play stuff here. No, no, no. The instant God strikes the death blow... It's time to take out the trash. See, they piled them up in heaps, and the land reeked, guess it would, of dead frogs. And I know that's a foul, stinking portrayal, but the good news is this. Once they did that, every single person could say this. Well, if it's not in my house anymore... Not my life anymore. I've cleaned it out. God killed it and I've cleaned it out. In a little while from now, God willing, we're leaving this place. We're going to go into, back into, I don't know why we call it the real world. Nothing could be less real than the world we're living in today. And if we make right choices in here today, this very moment, we can leave behind a pile of dead frogs. That's a choice. I mean, those things that used to torment me, those things that used to control or maybe still do your life, those things that keep you awake at night, you just can't have a decent night's sleep because you can't get them off your mind. You know what you should do or shouldn't do, and you just can't take the next step. Well, let me tell you what you need to do. Just pray to God to deliver you from that control and then start taking out the trash. Because here's one thing you don't want. Oh, heaven forbid, is one more night with the frogs. Now I'm going to pray with you. And I hope for some of you I'm going to pray for you. And I hope for all of us I can pray that God will give us the boldness and the power to become more than conquerors, more than overcomers. Through Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to ask that we quietly go to prayer. Can we do that? Can we do that? I kind of struggled, to be honest with you, right up until it was time to take the podium. And even after I started preaching this morning, to know how, as we say in preacher language, to draw the net, or if to, if to do that, and, and when would be best, and how would be best. And I still don't know. 
I don't want a show. I don't want a circus. I just want people to be real. And if you have frogs in your life, and you know what I mean by frogs now as we've described it, I want you to be rid of them. Not tomorrow. Right now. And so I'm going to pray for you. And I want to pray with you. And I'm going to ask anyone that has a frog in their life or frogs. I personally don't need to know what it is, how long it's been there, how it's affecting you. I don't. You and God can handle it very nicely. And all I'm going to ask that you do, if you would, if you can. And if you won't or you can't, I totally respect you. But as I get ready to pray, in this quiet of this moment, I'm going to ask that you just stand quietly where you are. Don't draw attention to yourself. Just stand. We'll continue to be in prayer. You say, I've got a frog in my life. I've got something in my life. I've identified a need area in my life. And I want you to pray for me. And I'm going to ask for as little moving around as we we can have so that we don't interrupt this prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Say, I got something in my life. I've, I've identified it years ago. And I've come back to this same spot, Bob, many times. And I've said the same thing to God every time. But nothing's ever really changed. Or it changes for a while. And then I can't, I just can't. Temptation is so strong. And you know what it is. And I don't need to. But God wants to deliver you and give you freedom like you've never known. Oh, praise his name. Oh, praise his name this morning. I'm going to just give you another few seconds if you'll identify yourself with the rest of I say the rest of us, but others of us who have stood and are standing. Because <laughs> I'm going to pray for everybody. <coughs> this isn't about whether Bob knows you've got a problem. This isn't about whether somebody sitting next to you is going to judge you. This isn't anything to do with that. But it's all. And it's so quiet, and you're so reverent, and I appreciate it so much. This is all about identifying the frogs in your life, calling on God and claiming his victory. Will you do it? Heavenly Father, I just so thank you this morning for those that have heard, have listened, have heeded, those that are searching for answers, those that may have found answers. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room because everyone is special to you. And we love and care for them and want only your best in their lives. But Lord, there come times in our lives when we need to identify certain things in order to find solutions to problems or situations. And this is a time right now. So for those that have identified and those who have stood to say, pray for me, this prayer is dedicated to them that they will know that freeing power of the Lord Jesus Christ in their lives this day 
Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but they will be set free from this moment on. And for all of us, Lord, maybe we struggle to identify the need area. Maybe we just, we still haven't really mastered the pride thing, so we can't get over that, and there's no, there's no humbling to it yet. But Lord, you're working on us, and we thank you for that. As we go from here, may we leave behind just like the people of Egypt did. May we just leave behind those dead frogs and get them out and take the trash out and look after all of that so that we can move on a clean road to your glory and live in your righteousness and know your power and your victory. We thank you for all this, not because we're worthy, not because we deserve this, but because you alone have the power to save, to cleanse, to keep, and to empower us to go forward. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come. You may be seated. And, and I want to just say a word of thanks. For one, for just listening this morning and just trying to make a personal application of what's been said. Two, for being willing to take stock. Some have done it. Some are still doing it. Others are going to continue. Just don't delay and don't rely on the tomorrows of your life when that's something we have no guarantee of. Just do what you do for God in the moment, even today. God bless you.